Hi, this is Both Are True, a space where we look for the healthy memes in different worldviews and belief systems so that we can heal some of this ancestral trauma that we're carrying around in this crazy post-colonial, post-industrialized world that keeps getting warmer. In this first episode, I'm speaking to Vuiswa Kaikatwane, who's a Isangoma and a writer based in Johannesburg, South Africa. I really encourage you to listen to parts one and two of this conversation. This is part three. Vuiswa and I dig into some really, really kind of controversial and, um, yeah, I think important topics. Um, we speak about how the Southern African community of spiritual healers responded to things like uh, HIV and more recently COVID-19. I tend to be hypercritical of uh, established institutionalized religions like Christianity. But in this part of the conversation, Vuiswa helps me see that all um, spiritual communities and paradigms can be corrupted uh, and that it's up to us as individuals to really think and to try and be ethical. We speak about the placebo effect and what it could be. Um, we speak about capitalism and its impact on uh, the Isangoma community in, in South Africa. Uh, we speak about social media and how Isangomas are using social media and kind of like the pros and cons of this phenomenon. And finally, we speak about the ethics of the Isangoma practice and the controversial topic of witchcraft. This is a really interesting part of the conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Somebody said to me, um, you need to decide if you're Isangoma or you're a vaccine advocate. And I was like, first of all, Amalozi failed to get rid of colonialism, which is the biggest pandemic of all time. Okay? So I'm not sure that they have anything to do or to say about COVID. Yeah. Because number one, it's a novel virus. But also, like, these things are not opposing for me. I believe in all healing sciences. And, yeah. Yeah. like, yeah. what do you mean? You know? Um, seems like what a limited way of thinking. And it's on both sides, because you were speaking about maybe Christianity being like that, but I think there are a lot of people like the bishop, you know, who are very, ah, and like steadfast, and these are the rules, and this is, yes. and it's just like also the world is changing. Yeah, I guess I demonize Christianity just because of my experience with it and the role that it played in colonization. Mm. So I just have a, a fucking deep issues with it, but... <laughs> Yeah, you've got uh, you've got prejudiced people, biased people, uh, limited thinking people in all spaces in life. Yeah, uh, and I can imagine there are some some sangomas that. Yeah, you know, that you can't. I mean, people. I mean, for me, it was disappointing because, like, we've also been here with HIV. You know, where people were like, "We can cure it," blah blah blah, and people were dying. So what's you know? the, what's sorry? What's the conservative sangoma way of thinking about COVID? Like, what's the you know what what did I the, that le that woman or that sangoma, what, what do they think COVID is? An illness that the guidance and intelligence of their ancestors can tell them or show them how to resolve. Oh, I see. Okay. You know, but it's also like a superiority complex. Like, you can cure every... Like, where do you know co corona from? Like, 
it's new. Like, yeah. you know, and not to say that there aren't um, practices, information, medicines that can alleviate and that can help. Yeah, with the symptoms, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. but you're not going to cure COVID, mm. you know. So was there a similar situation with HIV where yeah. Sankomas was saying? Uh... Yo, HIV was a time, guys, because also a lot of people were initiating because they were under the belief that the illness itself was like a punishment from the ancestors. So they were being called. Yeah. Um, you know, and not and we spoke about it briefly that it's not easy when you go. So being mm. sick is something that does happen. Um, but again, capitalism, very corrupt healers were convincing people and doing it for money, no other reason, that this thing that you have is because, you know, your ancestors have turned their backs against you or you have a calling and you need to initiate. So that's one part of the HIV era. Mm. And then there were also healers making claims of healing people from HIV, mm. you know? Um, which for me is like nothing is outside of the realm of possibility, but it's just like reckless, not in this country, you know, unless you're going to heal every single yeah, person. not where we were then. Yeah. You know, mm. you can't say that, mm. you know? So there was that with HIV. Sure. Um, when I was going to go initiate, my mom was like, are you sick? Like she, she, uh, she thought that's what was the issue. And I was like, no. You know, sure. I mean, we can go test if you want. <laughs> no, you know, but also it wasn't coming from nowhere, you know, because she had seen her peers and yeah. their children yeah. and many other people go down that route when they should have been on ARVs. As simple as that. Yeah. You know, and like you said, it could be both. Yeah. And use... I know many people who are HIV positive healers. So they had a genuine calling and they contracted the virus, okay. yeah, yeah. you know, and so it's not like. Everyone who thought they had the calling then were wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's so... With COVID, I'm like, we've been here. We've been here before. Mm. And again, we're dealing with a virus, which as far as I know, is uncurable. Mm. You know, we can treat the symptoms and we can work and this, this, this. Mm. And again, yeah. And, uh, heavy symptoms, you can prevent heavy illness. Right? And I remember one of the, the, the older cocos that I know from Pumalaga, she was like, there's no muti for COVID except a mask. And I was like, that's right. <laughs> that's cool. That's right. That's cool. You know, because also with the intelligence of our ancestors must also always come common sense. Yeah. Like logic cannot, you know, take a back seat. Mm. As in to just require us to think about them. And I think our practices are practices of practicality. You know, the um, aristoric and the mysterious stuff comes after, mm. you know, but I think the, the foundation and the intention is always quite practical. Mm. And I talk about this even with the muti. So there's this muti, which is licorice root actually, okay. called mlomumnandi, um, right? And mlomumnandi means like sweet mouth, mm. right? And it's very, very popular for like people that are going to court or, you know, if you need to sweet talk, okay. right? So it makes your, yes. your tongue sweet. Yes. So you take it and you put it under your tongue and, you know, it's supposed to give you this oh, like seductive I, I need powers. some of that, please. But if you think about licorice and what it does on a physical level, it does open your chest, okay. right? It does bring you like, even for bronchitis and stuff, you know, it soothes and it coats. And I was like, the physical action of that muti on your body and how that translates into like a hemisphere of thinking, into mm, like a state, mm, right? Mm, 
But also then on the other side of that is like the other spiritual. So it's just mm. like you're relaxed in your body. Your chest is open. Mm. And that's why you can speak with a bit more confidence mm. and a bit more ease. And, you know. And sometimes so, just getting something. You know. Like the sugar pill placebo thing that they, that they did. Like At this part of it is, something. you know. Um, but that is something, right? No one, no one in science can explain how placebo works, right? So yeah, very you know? likely that it's just a type of spiritual uh, capacity that opens up a spiritual strength, a spiritual ability that we can give ourselves, but that we've kind of forgotten that we can give ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A type of self-healing or self-support. I say this about the rituals as well. I'm like, sometimes a person needs to like be in the action of cleansing to feel and to understand that something is moving and that like it's outside of like the booty that's there it's like also the person doing it Mm. you know that's Mm. like i've cleansed today Mm. you know even if i just cleanse them with milk Mm. you know and there was no booty or whatever like i just put some random shit they would like have that thing in their mind that like i'm cleansed and i've cleansed and that's also important for the healing journey you know what is a cleansing sorry Mm-hmm. Well, well, there are various cleansing. Um, there's river cleansings. There's just like, um, so there's a very particular cleansing ritual called Ukfemba, which is more, <laughs> the woke gokos are calling it an exorcism. Okay. Okay. Which is like, basically taking out like illnesses, sometimes spirits from a person. And so the healer who is taking them out would then be the one that like inhabits or enacts those things. Whereas like in a Catholic kind of exorcism, you would, uh, you, the stuff would manifest through you, the person who's traveled and the pastor would be there. But for us, it's the other way, right? Mm. So that's one cleansing ritual. Mm. Um, and then the other one is just like a three-step ritual of steaming, okay. purging. And then like a bath, like a, a an actual wash, mm. you know? Um, and even the thing with the, the purging is, again, very practical. Mm. Removing mucus from your lungs so that yeah. your dreams are better, there's more air, you can remember your dreams, the communication is clearer. Mm. And other people will be like, oh, yeah, palaza, it's called palaza. Yeah, palaza, and then, you know, your dreams become better. But it's like, on a very physical and practical level, your dreams become better. Yeah. <laughs> you know? you're, you're talking about the the biological, physiological way that that the metaphysical things mm-hmm. are happening, mm-hmm. you know, and both mm-hmm. are happening. Again, it's similar to placebo. It's not like we're saying that placebo is somehow less or yeah. somehow reduced in its value. It's just there is a there's things happening in your body mm-hmm. and then there's things happening whatever we want to say. And I think that's also another consideration that African spirituality has, right? That maybe Western uh, healing sciences don't necessarily consider, but which is that all parts of ourselves are connected, the physical, the mental, and the spiritual, you know? And so if there is an issue in the spiritual realm, we will try to fix it on a physical level, you know, that will manifest into maybe a mental and Mm. otherwise, and, you know, so those things... um, are important to work together and there's always a consideration of them being like a runoff of each other you know the the body doesn't exist separate from the mind yeah. and the mind doesn't exist separate from the spirit yeah i mean thinking about you said earlier that uh colonialism is the biggest pandemic that we've seen um i i i i mean it's not like i made this up richard dawkins <laughs> 
who's this uh, scientist, uh, thinker, whatever, um, wrote that book about the meme, where he basically speaks about ideas like viruses, mm. um, and that you can be infected with the virus. Um, and so this, I think a lot of what happened during colonialism is that the world was infected by some of the warped ideas that the confused Victorians had mm -hmm. when they were, for various reasons, leaving their country. Um, and that has taken root in a lot of thinking that plagues us today, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so you do need to heal at a mental level yeah. as well as a physical level. Yeah. As well as a, and it's quite, again, it's quite scientific and it's quite tangible, it's quite real. Like it's, there's, there yep. are some thoughts we have and ways of thinking that are not based on anything yeah. but poor, confused people who left their home and fucking, yeah. you know, suffered Came a lot of shit. Up shit. Yeah, and then spread that because they yeah. thought they were doing something good. Yeah. So I have a question about capitalism. Mm -hmm. You've um, mentioned a few times I am very critical about, critical about capitalism as well. And last year in particular, well, part of my kind of depression has been, I just can't see the fucking meaning mm. in a lot of the, the shit that we need to do as, mm. I mean, I'm a white adult um, to participate in mm. the social systems that we've constructed. I don't, I don't like it and mm. I don't see the meaning in it. I don't, it's yeah. literally just people persuading each, each other that, that what they're saying is true and validating it for each other mm. and then they build a whole corporation around it and then they persuade other people that they should buy this thing it's 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 not it doesn't make sense yeah. at all and so trying to figure out how to be in this world just as a i'm not a sangoma just as a 30 something uh, man in south africa is very difficult for me like yeah. i can't work for profit mm. really anymore. Like I, I can only work for nonprofit companies. And um, I, I do work in education sometimes in the for-profit space, but I can't like it's a it's a yeah. it's an issue I have. It's like I'm not even trying to like signal uh, whatever, you know, like I'm I, I wish I didn't have this. <laughs> um, and so how how what's it like being a Sangoma in this world? I mean, do you I mean, you clearly don't like capitalism. Yeah. Do you see meaning in the world around you? Uh, is it easy for you to exist in the urban capitalist space to make money? Um, yeah, what's that? What's that like for you? Oh, I mean, I think, like I was saying, having gone through this process has made me less detached to like material things. And so the pressure is there, but it's not as much, you know, like the pressure of capitalism. And also because... I don't know any other system. I've grown up in a capitalist system, so I participate in it on different levels. Mm -hmm. You know, I joke to my friends that I'm not getting an iPhone because I'm resisting capitalism. <laughs> you know, like why must it be seventeen thousand? <laughs> you know, um, but also I'm broke, so yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, so I, like, I don't um, feel the pressure for things or to have things. Okay. You know, yeah. I'm I'm happy. I'm good. Like. Just as long as I got food and my son's going to school and I can see my friends, have a couple of drinks, you know, yeah. go to Durban once in a while, like, you know, just, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. So I don't feel the pressure, but it's been very interesting to observe 
in the practice mm. with other healers again like uh, there's a lot of corruption I think across all practices you know in the medical fraternity in spirituality healing spaces in the church in education in government everywhere mm. there's corruption there's whatever you know and again it's capitalism and I think because the way that many Izangoba have been ostracized opportunities to make money have not been available to them. And so there is a desperation and a level of corruption mm -hmm. now that happens, right? Mm -hmm. So these are the people that I'm talking about that are telling people that they have ancestral callings when they don't, or coercing right. people, or whatever the case is, giving people treatments that are not whatever. For what? For money. You know, like mm -hmm. people are thinking about their stomachs, literally, as opposed to like the collective healing and good of everybody. So I've seen that happen. But then almost every issue in my practice, I can tie it back to colonialism. Really? You know? I mean, to capitalism. Mm. So if somebody comes, nobody has dared in many years, but if somebody came into my practice and said, I'm looking for a love potion, for instance, I would link that 100% to capitalism. Because I'm like, this woman thinks this man is going to give her some sense of security. Mm. You know, it's not even about I love him. It's like I need to have a man in my life so that I am well and I have a place to stay and I have food and I'm taken care of, mm. right? And that's a, a capitalistic agenda, mm. right? Even with men on the other side of what it means to be with a woman, you know, mm. it's also about like esteem and your own, you know, like I can't be a man, I can't be a full man without, you know, and so those kinds of things. But even when people have been bewitched, you know, which is the work that I do to undo some of those things. Mm. It's also usually because of jealousy, where someone is like, that person's daughter has more than my daughter, and that must mean, you know, and it's just like, mm. like there's no real reason why people do the things that they do of like bewitching people or trying to control and to um, coerce without consent certain people into certain things, you mm. know. Um, and all of it for me is like there's money or a sense of security that is attached to the desperation, you mm. know. Um, there's also deprivation, not having, and then people resorting to something to want to get more. Yeah. You well, know? well, this is very specifically capitalism in South Africa yeah. that is uh, on the wave of colonialism completely unfair and making... Um, the majority of our people poorer yeah. and the minority of our yeah. people richer. Yeah. Um, so it's a version of capitalism that's fucked. And even yeah. if you look now, I mean, maybe you guys aren't on social media, but even the Sangomas themselves, it's like... Are, social, are Sangomas on social media? Yes! Yes, yeah. there's like a whole wave that's yeah, happening influences. now. You know? And they're Louis Vuitton bags. They're wearing Makasa, they're wearing designer things, they're driving Range Rovers. And it's almost like, I'm not poor, so that means my ancestors work. That oh. means I'm really gifted. Jesus, so there's a social uh, signaling. Yes. Through being, that extends to the, the hierarchy extends to the ancestors. So the implication is that the ancestors were socially higher up. And that's why no, the implication is that the most the powerful ancestors are the one that comes with money. And when if you're a woman like me, wearing supega and whatever, that means your ancestors are well, rich. Yeah, and they don't work. They're just lazy. I mean, yeah, right now. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I, I thought you meant like 
when no, they were alive. No, I mean like now. So in the realm of the ancestors, there's also capitalism. No, so Izangoba now themselves, there is a wave of healers who are in the designer clothes, driving these very fancy cars, and are positioning or posturing that as like the success and the power of their ancestors. Which is obviously not true. Yeah, yeah. But they're doing that thing of like, I can drive this car and I can buy these bags because my Lozi is working. Working. Wow. You know? Sure. I'm busy buying Boomba. And even that for me is a problem. You mean busy like lots of people are coming yes, to me? Yes. Even that is a problem. Because that means that people are sick. If you have a full line every day, that means something is wrong. Mm. You know? Even the rate of people that are initiating now is a cause for concern. That means there's a crisis. Because why would we need so many practitioners? Why would we need so many healers? And not everybody works with people. Other people initiate just to heal that thing in their bloodline. But again, now with the internet, you know, and I think there's a hyper visibility that's happening on the internet of right. healers. Yeah, we're more you know? aware of what, what yeah. Like, um, so it's like everybody's trying to be that. No one's trying to be the man that initiated me in rural Bumalanga. No one's okay. trying to be that guy. Yeah. You know, everybody's trying to be this is, celebrity Sangoma yeah. with your LV, with your Matosa, with your Jeep, you know. And if you're not that go-go, it's like you're not working. Sure. You know? So capitalism, again, is like it infiltrates everything. And I think if we can get healers to be aware of the ways in which it does mm-hmm. and to mind themselves and to not play into that thing, because it's also the same promise that they make to clients, mm. that you come for this cleansing and then you're going to be rich. Really? You know, you're going to get a job. You're going to do this. And I'm like, no, I mean, I, I can't, like, I can't give you luck. You are born with it. If you had it, you had it. And then I can help you unlock it, mm. you know. But my work is to clean, you know. We sweep, we take out the dirt, mm. and then we protect you so that no more dirt and harm comes to you. But I'm not going to make you promises of fortune, you know. That's not within my... Traditionally, yeah. is the idea that certain sangomas, that is what they do? Or is it like like quite a new uh, mm-hmm. quite a new thing? Also because people are gifted differently, okay. you know. So there are healers who they know all about that muti for wealth and goodness and jobs. Like I know a, a, like a Gogo friend, her dozy deals with helping getting people jobs. You know, she's very good at it. She knows how to mix this and this, and most of her clients end up do getting jobs. Nice, okay. you know. So like that's the way that she's gifted. Yeah. Other people work only with children. Okay. You know, other people work. So there's specializations yes. in the Sangoma space. Yeah. Uh, and and the love thing, is that also specialization or would you say that's I, not right? Because for me, I'm just like, so there's also something called Unteto Veshob, which is a code, of, a code of ethics that we're all bound by. It's not written anywhere, but we all understand it. Mm. And for me, it's like anything that does, like if you're going to do something to someone without their consent. Mm. And what you are doing when you're giving... Me a love potion yeah. to make her in love with me is you yeah. don't have her consent. Yeah, um, but there is a thing of if you both wanted to like, you know, just yeah, and then you'd both come and be like, you know, we're trying to make sure that we stay together and good, and you know, and then you'd both be present, and then we can do that work. Nice, you know, but not me giving you something to go put in her food so that yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, no, that doesn't seem seems a bit you know? like uh, and, unethical. It's unethical, yeah. and if we're practitioners. I mean, I don't like to make the comparison between like Isangoma and a doctor or whatever, but it's similar, you know, in the sense that 
There's a consultation, there's a diagnosis, there's treatment and all of those kinds of things, you mm. know. And we are also bound by ethics, mm. you know. And it, we don't need to write them down. Wrong is wrong and right is right. Yeah. So things that go against people's consent, um, for me, are like, nah, that cannot be a speciality, mm. you know. Mm. Like, you're not doing healing work. Yeah. Um, you mentioned witchcraft a few times. Mm-hmm. And I know nothing about it. I know what the European version of a witch was perceived to be, mostly, again, through the warped eyes of the church. Um, And I have obviously read and seen some of the controversial cases cases coming out of South South Africa and other African countries where communities uh, act in like a vigilante way towards someone because they said that she was a witch. Usually an old woman. Yeah. Uh, but those are superficial things that I've read. I know nothing about it. So what is the difference between a witch and what is a witchcraft uh, versus a sankoma? Yeah. And, you know. My mother should be here to listen. <laughs> Does she think you're a witch? <laughs> really? So isangoma um, is also a particular kind of healer. We have many healers in this country, right? There's a sangoma. There's a Kamakus, the Basutu have their own name for it. There's what we know as prophets or Abatandas. So Isangoma is a very particular kind of healer, usually one that reads bones and works with herbs, right? Mm. But then there are people who don't read bones, who work with water and, you know, Mm. whatever. So that's the first thing, right? It's a particular kind of healer in the larger group of healers, Mm. right? Again, your work is to heal. Mm. Anybody that does anything that brings harm to another person is on the other side of that. Okay. Right? And witchcraft is that. So it's based right? in harming and healing. Yeah. You know? And for instance, there's things like we don't use body parts. That's part of Umtetoeshop. You know, as a Sangoma, you do not use any body parts for medicinal use. Of that animals? Of animals, yes, but no human parts. Okay. Right? Yeah. But there are people who do. Mm-hmm. Those people are witches. Okay. Right? Um, and I think a lot of, again, going back to the money and the capitalist thing, I think a lot of people get initiated as healers and out of desperation fall on the other side mm. where they start doing things that they were not called to because do. Because there's a market for it. Yes. Mm. You know? So, yeah, I, I, for me, it's very clear. Yeah. It's either you're a healer or you're not. And if sense. you're not, then you're dabbling in witchcraft. Yeah. And, I mean, this might be too technical. Tell me if it is, if it's like a... <laughs> a white way of trying to understand something, but um, the ancestors, do they have an agenda? Would they want to harm? Where do where do some, some gomas or where do witches get their power to harm? Is it from certain ancestors who, I, mean, I don't want to put good or evil here, but like who are harmful or harm, have yeah. malice? Who have... Definitely. And I think, again, going back to the fact that we must always remember that when we talk about ancestors, we're talking about people who are alive at one point. And so not everybody was a good person. But I don't know how you can initiate a bad ancestor. Mm. You know, Mm. that doesn't mean that that ancestor is not there, you know. Um, And we would usually cleanse that ancestor, do something to like reverse or to put them at ease or you know mm. um but they are there are people who's like we call them abatagat there are people who they just have abatagati in their bloodline mm. it's like your grandfather was umtagati and your great grandfather was umtagati and now here you are you so, know so then you 
you're kind of powerless, aren't you? Or or is there something you can do? Yes and no, because you know, amateurs can guide us towards a thing, but they can't force us. Ah, there's some people that's like there is a level of agency. Some ah. people will tell you not, but there's always a small space for negotiation. Yeah, because you're you know? you're a part of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, so you're not going to be in spiritual possession when you're doing the bad thing. Mm. There is yourself and your heart and your conscious and you know mm. that is also present and that you need to wrestle with. Mm. You know, even if you have an ancestor that had the knowledge of how to do whatever. Make someone's car flip over. <laughs> you <laughs> That's know, powerful answer. You know, like, um, mm. and even the man that I initiated, like, under, you know, I, I often say, like, he's taught me everything that is good, but I don't doubt that he doesn't know how to, like, do some shit. Okay. You know, yeah. like, I don't doubt that he. But there's a choice to not do. Yes. To. Okay. And to also not impart that to us as yes. people under his guidance and apprenticeship. Ah, so there again, the ethics. You know? Cool. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. The next part of the conversation is really interesting and weird. Uh, please listen to it. We speak about uh, time and uh, how you can engage with time, uh, go backwards and forwards in different spiritual practices. Uh, and I ask Vishwa the big question of how do how does she think we as you know white people and the, the descendants of colonizers how can we heal yeah that's up next on part four